You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for the climactic conclusion of Jonathan Taylor Thomas Month on our random rewatch series. Um, this is almost sad, but we couldn't have picked a better thing to close it off on. Maybe the ultimate JTT episode, dramatically, of Home Improvement. Maybe one of the most important Home Improvement episodes of all time. We're here to talk about Season 5, Episode 22, The Longest Day. Uh, otherwise known as Randy Has Cancer. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but Or does he? We'll find out in this episode. Or hopefully you've actually watched it. Uh, but this episode, as we uh, said last week, was kind of groundbreaking for home improvement and uh one of the most respected and popular episodes of all time uh and it just seemed like the perfect way to end off our salute to jtt uh my name is colin a very small colin and my name is rossi and i i want the goiter right yeah. <laughs> um yeah we talked about this at the end of the last episode you know you thought you were familiar with this episode, but then you watch it like, well, this isn't the one I remembered. Uh, this is such a huge episode for Home Improvement. You know, I, I mentioned last week that when this show was over, uh, I had seen multiple people who were writing or talking about this, uh, referring to this episode as like the greatest blend of drama and comedy in a sitcom that had been done in that entire era, uh, which now you've seen the episode, what do you think about this? Do you feel too much drama, too much comedy, perfect blend? What do you think? I would say there was actually very little comedy in it. There was comedy in it, obviously, you know, Tim eating the pie and him not knowing three words that were just said two seconds ago. Um, and, you know, the milkman and all that kind of stuff. Like, obviously, there was a lot of comedy built in, but I felt like it was a lot more drama-centric then, you know, a home room is very comedy. Like, I feel like there's very little serious that they do mm-hmm. on home improvement. Like, on a date, on a regular standard episode, Tim does something stupid, forgets, you know, Jill's gift at the store. And, oh, it's a calamity. <laughs> like, you know, stuff like that. Oh, and she no. gets mad. Like, like, there's obviously, like, seriousness in that, like, you know, relationships and all that kind of stuff. Or someone at school with one of the kids does something bad or obviously there's seriousness in it, but they, on the whole, it's a lighthearted mm-hmm. show. Like there's nothing too crazy, nothing too serious. So like, I think this is a big departure from at least the run of the mill episodes. Like, so obviously it's very centric on the drama, very centric on the character development and the acting of these people and stuff like that. So um, if on the scale, it's obviously toward the drama, but I felt like it was managed so well that I think that you couldn't be upset at what, like expecting a comedy show and getting this, like because I think this was really great television. Yeah, I think that um, yeah, I agree with you that this is more drama than it is comedy because we have not just one, not just two. We probably have at least three scenes in this episode where there are basically no laughs for a minute, two minutes straight. And they're dealing with very heavy stuff here. And I think what does work with the comedy is that they throw the jokes in just at the right time. Like uh, the main scene, uh, you know, we're going to get to the my opening line is kind of based on, you know, it's a very serious scene. And you don't even realize that there's a joke happening. Like that's that's what's so great about this blend of comedies that 
Tim is doing something to lighten the scene, even though it's not taking away from the drama. And it's only when he's basically made the same punchline like four or five times that you actually start to clue in that's a joke. Uh, and then when we do get to the serious stuff later on, like it doesn't feel heavy. I think that's what what is so popular about this episode is that if you have a sitcom that's dealing with a serious issue, sometimes any type of sitcom, when you go to if you go to a horror movie, you want to be scared. And I always say that the reason I don't like horror movies is because I simply don't get scared at them. And it, I've always felt like watching a horror movie and not being scared by it is kind of like watching a comedy and never laughing. Uh, if you go to a comedy, especially for a sitcom like this, that is it's very physical humor. It's very slapstick at times. Um, it, it's it's a lot of you know cheap jokes and cheap gags and physical humor you're expecting to laugh and when they do when any type of sitcom does a serious episode like this i always find like i don't want to rewatch those episodes because they do drag you down even if it is good drama you're like i kind of want to laugh and i feel like there's the right moments of laughter here and there in this episode that just lighten it up agreed yeah i i think that there were times when like they did it maybe a little too much. Like it, the one thing that stands out when you're talking about the comedy drama blend was when they were uh, the most dramatic scene. I think of the episode is when they're playing Scrabble in his bedroom <laughs> and they're waiting for the call from the doctor. And like, at first it's like, that's great. I don't, I don't remember. Well, I don't remember the order, but they did two things right back to back. And I was just like, like they did the X laugh yeah. joke. <laughs> and then they did the, fake call with Al calling mm-hmm. like Al never call again like uh, stuff like I just felt like the spacing of a little bit was bad just because they do so much drama 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 and then they like throw two jokes in at the same I, like, I wish it was a little better space but like uh, even though that it was like faulted I still liked it a lot like I still thought that it was just enough comedic timing to like relieve some of the stress of the kind of moment but i still liked it yeah there were a couple of episodes where they did this where they were dealing with something much more serious you know there was a um a drug episode involving brad there was an episode where jill had to go in for surgery to get her ovaries removed and those are the other episodes i think about where they were dealing with heavier subject matter and it was the same thing with those like they were like laughs just at the right time um, I love the X-Lax scene. <laughs> Actually, I'll, I'll make a good argument on why that one works so well when we get to the end. But um, I, I think season five, I don't know. I've never sat down and figured out where would I rank the home improvement seasons. Like My familiarity with this show is it's more extreme than anything else. Like We talked two weeks ago when we did the JTT episode of Smallville that I would go to sleep watching Smallville every single night. I would have a 10-hour tape that played all the way through. You know, Home Improvement, I think because it was in reruns all the time too, you know, I grew up watching this not only when it was on, you know, originally airing, but every single night before I went to bed, it was on like 10 o'clock at night. So this would be the last thing I saw. And I know this show so well that uh, my brother used to play this game with me when a Home Improvement episode started, I would get like, he would count the seconds to see when I could tell you what episode it was. Like this is before you had a PVR or whatever, you could just hit the info button and see what it was and sometimes an episode would start and it wouldn't even be like something that was dealing with the episode it could just be a tool time segment or an opening shot and i'd be like oh this is the one where jill gets to drive the tank oh this is the one where al creates the board game 
and those opening scenes wouldn't even have anything to do with it, but I could guess it from there. So, like, I know the show so well, but kind of in a way, because I know it so well, I don't really look at every season as a whole. Um, but I will say that, like, the show definitely took a little bit of a dip after season five. This is, like, the last perfect season, I think. I think season six, season seven, season eight, they had some flaws with them. But overall, like, this was where the show was still at its peak. And yet, it's probably also the last time that JTT played that original character because he he did mature a lot in the next few seasons. And as we talked about in the Last Man Standing episode, they developed him into a little bit more of a political character and uh, more of a socially conscious character, which took a lot of the laughs away. But here he's still, I guess, just young enough that he could be the smart-mouthed kid and just old enough that you could deal with a dramatic storyline like this. Um, of all three of the kids, I mean, there's no question about it, Randy was the best written character because it, it, the, the comedy was so smart with him. And I'm sure we mentioned this, you know, in one of our past episodes about what made him so great was just that comic timing he has. Like, it's absolutely brilliant to watch those early seasons. But even here, keep in mind, like season five, he's maybe 14 or 15 years old when he's making this. And it's his delivery of these comic lines that, like, I honestly can't think of any other child actors or even teen actors who had that type of comic timing and and that type of delivery that was on par with somebody like Tim Allen, who was one of the most successful stand-up comedians out there. I mean, really, Home Improvement is where you have to look to to see why Jonathan Taylor Thomas was so important in the 90s why he was so good and why he was so popular because i still believe to this day there's never been any other child performer like him as far as a comedic actor goes one thing that i wanted to talk about and i think this is like a perfect segue for that is especially on home improvement i think a little bit on wild america i talked about it but really with home improvement i felt that the success and the rise of jtt was actively reflected in the way that they wrote his characters. Um, you know, in the real life, JTT, at the very least at this point in his life, maybe, you know, and stuff like that, he was actively he was actively a vegetarian in real life. Mm-hmm. He was actively an uh, activist and concerned about political events and the environment, which eventually translates into the way he even leaves the show. He leaves the show mm-hmm. to go study abroad. And Save for the, the environment, even. Stuff like, <laughs> yeah. So he, I felt that this show actively reflected the interest in JTT, and I think that's kind of why they wrote the character in such a sophisticated way. Because, I mean, possibly, obviously, there was a part of it that was, can this child handle it? And obviously, he could evidence this episode. But I felt like there's so many times this show was just like, all right, how can we really give JTT the spotlight and stuff like that? I felt like the show was catering to who he was mm-hmm. um, maybe intentionally as a foil to Tim Allen as we kind of talked about last week Tim Allen having a foil constantly um, and this kind of character being it and you can tell that even in this episode that there was stuff that showed the favoritism of JTT mm-hmm. like the other two kids aren't even in this episode like the parents don't even talk about the other kids it's all these three interacting like Alice in one scene for like five seconds and reoccurs through bones. You know, Wilson, a main staple of the show, is barely in it, only in flashbacks is he present and stuff like that. So, like, the main, pre- the presence of this 
actor was just it's just crazy to me that this show like really went for the love of JTT and really kind of brought it out of him you you think about going back to like the original season I mean we I don't think we've covered this is our third home improvement episode we've done you know on the Oz network but I don't think we've done any of the really early episodes and you look at the way he performed that I mean obviously at that point they weren't writing to who he was as a person obviously Jonathan Taylor Thomas like you were saying a lot of that developed over time which is why they changed the character but when you see as you said the foil for Tim Allen that was written like from the beginning and the way that they would write his character opposite Tim Allen I think is the difference between him and the other two kids on the show is that they could have those lines where they'll make a, a cheap joke about, you know, uh, you know, oh, you were falling asleep on the couch at 4 o'clock. Yeah, but I was watching Tool Time. And it just feels like, oh, they're taking a shot at him. JTT would deliver it like like the same way that Jill would deliver it, or the seasoned actors on the show would have a comeback. And that's what I think always made his character even stand out, is that he would be in these scenes where he would be calling Tim on being an idiot, his own dad, and he would never do it in a disrespectful way. And every time somebody said something, he was the kid who always had the smart comeback, but... Whereas the other kids, it would feel like this is maybe a kind of funny kid delivering this line. It just felt real with him. Uh, so even, I would love to know what JTT was like as a kid because you can't be that good at being the smart mouth kid who always has a witty comeback for everything if you're not somewhat like that in real life. I think the, I think in this episode is a good example. You could see the strength in the acting that like this is probably the some of the best acting we've seen from him in some of the you know things that we've like that he's done that we've watched I think this is like one of the top like you can see the levels the layers he's mm-hmm. you know really happy you know when he sees that they have pancakes and then like in the unfolding of the scene like minutes later you can see that he's like you can see the fear and the the nervousness and all this kind of stuff and then as they're trying to remove the tension like go to the arcade or do that you can see the layers and the level of acting so obviously i think that that's a part of it like part of this is jtt like i think he's he seems like the kid i think the character is kind of who he is in the way that tim allen is kind of the way that he is in his shows Mm -hmm. i think that the part of this is him i just always think it's funny that they obviously changed a little bit of the character to reflect him because obviously there's no way that um uh, Randy was vegetarian by birth, especially mm-hmm. with his father being Tim the Toolman Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think that there's some funny things that they do, or you know, quite you know, questionable maybe things that they do to kind of bend over backwards for JTT. But that's not as a negative because I freaking love Randy and JTT. I think that he's what makes this show for some people. Like for me, I think he's one of the best characters, mm-hmm. and I think that he makes it so compelling, and he has that adult level to him despite the fact that he's like prepubescent in most of the show Mm -hmm. uh let's jump into the show here and uh perfect example of how it's not just drama right away it starts off with again like such a cheap gag where tim is trying to get this pie he's trying to eat this pie and jill's like no don't touch the pie or whatever and uh he he has the fork and this is what's so great about tim allen i'm sure we talked about this on past episode episodes where he would have like facial reactions and just the way he would do very subtle physical comedy. It's not like physical comedy isn't all, 
oh, he's falling and he's hitting his head, like which obviously happens a lot on home improvement. But it's things like he's digging for the pie with a fork. She's don't touch it. And he immediately goes for his armpit. It's like, I was just scratching with the fork, which is so great. And then, uh, you know, later on where uh, they're about to leave for the doctor and that comes up again where uh, he's going in for the pie again. She's like, don't touch that pie. And he's nobody's in the room. And he's like, yeah, pretending to scratch with a fork at the same time. Uh, but the setup for the episode is that all the kids have to go to the doctor Brad saying he, you know, I'm trying to save time. And I, uh, the, you know, the part where you make you pee in a cup and Tim's like, that's my favorite part. <laughs> and Brad saying, you know, I can't go under pressure. So I, you know, I, I did it in advance. And he's holding up like this paper bag. He's like, you went in that bag? <laughs> and he goes, no, I put it in a yogurt container. And Randy's like, well, there's a flavor that'll never catch on. Uh, again, like the, the smart comebacks he always has there. Um, so after the opening credits, it comes back and, Tim's literally polishing off the pie. You see him, like, scraping the last bits of filling out of this thing. And the best part of this gag is that you think he just ate the whole pie and Jill comes in and he's going to panic. Instead, you realize he's taken the top meringue off of this pie and he literally puts the top back on there <laughs> with nothing on the inside. Uh, and they're, uh, uh, after getting home with the doctor, they're saying, you know, what took you so long? And Randy's saying, like, the doctor found boysenberry yogurt in Brad's urine, <laughs> so he had to go again. And um, Randy, they say that he had to go to a second doctor to get another blood test. And Randy's saying, well, that's just because you told the doctor I've been so tired. And here's that, you know, comeback, like I said, the way that the other kids would have delivered it, like, you know, and for him, it's almost like, well, this is my real response. Where he says, yeah, the other day I caught you sleeping on the couch at four o'clock. He goes, dad, I was watching Tool Time. (laughs) He has this way of delivering these lines. Like I said, that's not, it's not like he's trying to insult his dad. It almost is like, this is what was the real reason why, which just makes it funnier. So the kids all leave. And then Jill kind of tells Tim privately, okay, so the real reason it took so long is because the doctor found a lump or whatever on Randy. And she says, you know, he says, don't worry, don't worry. If it's a tumor, it's usually benign. He's like, oh, God, no. It's like, no, no, benign's a good thing. Okay. He says, it could also be hyperthyroidism. He goes, oh, God. And it's like, but that just means he has to take a pill every day. Okay. So it's either a lump or it's hyperthymaster. That's where the, the Tim Allen thing where he just gets the word wrong, which is such a common thing on the show. And then she's saying, well, there's a third thing and it could be a goiter. And he's like, oh, we want a goiter? And it's like, yes, we want a goiter. <laughs> Uh, so there's three possible scenarios of what this could be. It's not necessarily cancer, but it could be other things. But this is that dilemma of the parents having to face this, uh, which I think is what works so well about this episode. It's not just, oh, this kid might have cancer. They actually explore it more from the parents' point of view of how would they deal with something like this. When you know, Because I have a three-year-old and newborn twins, I'm watching this episode completely differently now. <laughs> this episode is almost pulling at my heartstrings. It's, it's such a touching episode. Uh, so... They're talking about this privately, and Jill's kind of having her breakdown here. She's crying, and they're having to cover up for it because they don't want the other kids to realize what they're talking about. They don't want to worry any of them. So as she's crying, you know, he he Brad walks in and he says, "And that's what our laundry determines does: get the brights brighter and the whites whiter." <laughs> Which is one of my favorite things in this episode, where the way that they're constantly distracting the kids when they're talking about something serious. Uh. The, the closing of this is that uh, Jill goes for the pie and she says, what are you doing? It's like, I need sugar. We're not going to find any there. And she realizes he's eaten all the stuffing out of this pie. Um, let's, uh, yeah, let's just cut it off there for now. Just the setup of the episode. 
And uh, this is, I think, that that great balance of there's really ridiculous jokes happening while they're talking about something seriously. But when he's doing the things like, you know, oh, so we want a goiter. And it's like, oh, so it's a lumper. It's a hyper thigh master. You know, his delivery is still this is a serious matter. And it's not like he's making cracks. It's it's jokes for the audience's sake, but they're not laughing at each other. Like they're still having a serious conversation, if that makes any sense. You know, as you were talking about it, one thing that like kind of hit me, I felt like <clears throat> this episode was really like a good improv scene almost in the way that like many of the lines felt like natural as opposed to something that they scripted. I think at times they were obviously very script. I mean, the whole thing scripted, but the moments like the fire master and that, I feel like that conversation was a little bit more handheld, like scripted Mm -hmm. and some of the things like, you know, they found boysenberry in the thing or (laughs) the like, fabric softener or the laundry did like I felt like that was a very like real moment in like an improv sketch where they um you know they, they they saw the character come in and they're like oh change the conversation oh the fabric like you know it felt very real and didn't feel like so much as like an episode of tv that I was watching and I really appreciated that and I think that everyone was really at the top of their game in terms of acting. I felt like everyone was like at a 10 this episode, even the people that weren't really in it. I felt like they did a really good job as well. Um, obviously the main characters being more important, but I felt like it was just across the board really great. And like the lines were funny, the boysenberry and stuff like that. Um, the fact that the kid came with a pre, you know, done cup of stuff for the doctor and he had to redo it, but he's, obviously the, the old boy is the idiot one mm-hmm. and puts it in something that's contaminated already um, and with no lid so sloshing around everywhere uh, yeah like, stuff like that. when they're leaving the car I don't even think the audience fully got that when they're leaving in the car and Tim's like don't hit any speed pumps <laughs> oh wow I didn't even get it but <laughs> like like funny lines like that just like feel like very like off the moment off the cuff kind of quick improv lines that make it really an enjoyable episode and obviously it's got to be toned back a bit when they obviously have to talk about the serious point the whole kind of crux of the episode being randy's cancer scare and i think that it was done like really well i think that they acted it well and obviously they kind of do it with the comedic foils of, oh, the other kid's coming in for, I don't know, <laughs> it'd be funny if the kid came in for yogurt. Um, <laughs> I don't know what he grabs, but he came in the kitchen and then she wanted the pie, but it was gone. And, and just stuff like that made it really good. And I thought the balance of the comedy and drama was really well done. Uh, so the next morning, uh, Tim and Jill are kind of having this conversation about him saying, I'm going to work uh, and her you know, saying, oh, how can you go to work in a day like this? And he's saying, like, I need to have something to take my mind off of it, which, you know, again, it's like, it's it's something that dealing with this from the parents' point of view, realizing, like, this is probably tougher for the parents than it is for the kids. Uh, but Jill's doing the exact same thing, even though she's saying don't go to work because she's cooking up this massive breakfast. You know, she's got the, the pancakes, which are Randy's favorite, and the eggs and bacon and everything. And Tim gives a line saying, you make him something edible and he's going to know something's wrong, uh, which he actually takes it to heart. And again, they, they're throwing this line out there, which is it's such a common joke on Home Improvement. Like Jill's a terrible cook. 
uh, that you've heard this a million times and you just think, well, this is him taking a shot at her. But they actually turned it into a serious moment where the entire scene revolves around that. It's like, oh, you're right. I sh- if I'm making a big breakfast, he's going to suspect something. And then it all becomes her saying, well, let's get rid of this. And then they walk in on you know her throwing out the food. But before that, <laughs> probably the, the hardest I ever laugh at this episode. Like Sometimes you can see something a million times and you're like, well, that's still really funny, but it doesn't make you laugh like you saw it the first time. This line with the eggs, though, <laughs> like every time I see this episode, I still laugh just as hard as the first time I saw it when um, they're coming in. And, and again, Brad's interrupting them. And uh, Tim has that line about, you know, there's nothing more serious than fabric softener and <laughs> trying to d- distract from their serious conversation. And he's saying, what's going on? We usually just get burnt toast and mushy bananas. And Tim's trying to cover it for it. <laughs> he says, it's our anniversary. And Brad's like, your anniversary is in June or whatever. And he's just like stalling. He's like, it's the anniversary of the first time we had eggs. <laughs> and then Brad is like, oh, well, happy anniversary, guys. And just walks out of the room, like scratching his head. Uh, uh, obviously, you know, she's still trying to dump the food. So the scene's going on and on, even though there was just the one joke. And um, Randy walks in. He's like, what are you doing? Those pancakes are my favorite. And, uh, okay, what does he call them? I don't even know, like, specifically what type of pancake this is. I think he said silver dollar or yeah, something like that. What is that? that? Uh, I will check the internet, because I've heard, I feel like I've heard it before, but yeah, I'll double check. I've always wondered watching this, I'm like, what, what kind of pancake is he talking about? I love pancakes. I mean, this is two episodes in a row with pancakes, as we said. Uh, so I, I, I really want to finish this episode and have some pancakes. I'm going to tell Jamie, Jamie, can you make some pancakes? Jamie! <laughs> She oh can't gosh. hear me. <laughs> okay, so yeah, silver dollar is I think what he said, and they're just like regular pancakes, but they're like very small and tiny. I think it's uh, just the portion of it makes because it different. Because Randy's and maybe so small like, and tiny, and I think there's like a texture difference too. Okay, well, uh, or possibly in the ingredients, but like yeah, it's pancakes. I always hope it was what. like a pancake with something in the middle of it. You know, that would be really fun. Um, <laughs> like Gilda cook that. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to come up with my own, like, uh, I don't know, gold dollar pancake or something. Um, so he's saying, you know, oh, why are you throwing this away? That's my favorite. And they're trying to cover for it again. It's like, well, because I'm going to take you out for breakfast. And now they're actually doing the exact same they were, thing they were trying to avoid, which is making a big thing about it. He's going to think something's up if you're you know treating him differently. And he says, well, I got a history test. And Tim's got like, what have I ever told you, son? You can't live in the past. And uh, he goes, boy, this is great. I get to go to the arcade. I get to go for breakfast. You think I was dying or something. And they all have that moment where like, uh-oh, which is where he catches on to, wait a second, you know, am I dying? Like, uh, is this have something to do with the blood test yesterday? And then Jill's letting him saying, okay, so there's a chance it could be, you know, a tumor. There's a chance it could be uh, the hyperthyroidism and the chance it could just be a goiter, which is nothing. I, I think... She didn't even say the cancer thing here. She just said it could be a goiter, which is nothing. He goes, well, if it's uh, nothing, why don't they call it nothing? He goes, well, you, it's not exactly nothing. You can't say Tigers 8, Yankees nothing, or Yankees goiter. Um, and then they're saying, you know, this is where they're saying it could be the hyperthyroidism, which uh, you'd have to take a very small pill. And every time Jill's saying something, Tim's responding with, oh, it's no big deal. Uh, this is... No, very small. Very well, yeah. But he's playing it off like, oh, it's nothing. There's like, you'd have to take a pill. He goes, very small pill. And she goes, you know, there's a, there's a chance, a very small chance, uh, that you know it could be a tumor, a very small tumor. 
Uh, and then it's like, uh, so doctor, whatever, saying he's a very small doctor. <laughs> That's what that that moment I was talking about is so so great that yeah, it's start- have a scar. Yeah, you have a scar, scar, very small scar. <laughs> the doctor is a very small doctor. <laughs> Where they've given the same punchline like five times already, and then it's only on the sixth time that you realize this is a joke. But again, Tim Allen's delivery is no different on the sixth time when it actually is the punchline than the previous five times. I just love the way that he delivers these lines. Uh, Randy's eventually like, you know what? I really got to go to school. So uh, we cut to the scene at tool time. So this sets up. There really isn't a B plot in this episode. Like almost all sitcoms, especially Home Improvement, they always have the A plot and the B plot. There's no B plot in this one. The closest thing to it is as he's at tool time and Al's criticizing his performance, saying you are a little dull. And uh, and he's saying, Al's trying to speculate, you know, what's wrong, Tim? I can tell something's up. Have I let you down in every way? And he goes, Al, you let me down in every way. <laughs> uh, and here's where he's like, Tim, just talk to me, please. I'm your friend. He says, okay, so came home from work last night and I found out Jill was having an affair with a milkman. <laughs> he just walks out as Al's like, I can't believe it. Wait, you have a milkman? Um, let's, uh, I guess, group in before we get to the, the Randy stuff here, the flashback scene uh with the baby which this i actually forgot was in this episode as many times i've seen this episode i i never put two and two together that this is the flashback scene but i always remembered this as the scene where tim got introduced to wilson like maybe it was a wilson centered episode but it's not they're showing where tim met wilson the first time as he's flashing back you know to randy being a baby here uh or it's not his flashback it's wilson trying to talk to jill trying to comfort her and telling the story about when he first met tim and you see Tim coming out with the baby that's crying and, you know, uh, he's saying, oh, yeah, we're trying this, I'm trying this, and he, he won't stop crying. And Wilson's like, well, I got a little remedy here, neighbor. And it, uh, he gives him, I don't even remember what it is, but he goes, oh, I'm supposed to put that in his bottle? It's like, no, just rub it on his chest. Uh, and we get the introductions to our lines here, which is the, the other, like, fun little treat of this episode is it, it's like a flashback that shows you the origin of things where Wilson says, uh, what is it? is it? He says Heidi Ho here or something like that. Uh, one of his lines, and Tim's like, what is that? He goes, oh, just a little expression of mine. And Tim's like, oh. And he goes, what was that? Unusual noise. And he's like, oh, it's just a little expression of mine. Uh, can you give us a grunt, Rossi? We can't end this episode without a grunt. Is this the time, or do we want to save it? Uh, save it. All right, we'll save it for the end here. <laughs> you have a closing line. There we go. <laughs> um, so as they're sort of talking here, you know, it's just a brief scene, and we get, again, like the perfect way to have Tim introduced to Wilson, who Wilson being the character that Tim goes to with all of his problems, always talking to him uh, anytime something's wrong. And he says, uh, you know, feel, fried, feel uh, free to drop by anytime, you know, and share your feelings with me, neighbor. He goes, well, thanks, but you know, I'm kind of a private person. I don't really like to talk to other guys about my problems, which, of course, is the exact opposite of what Tim is. Uh, let's kind of stop it there before we get to the Randy stuff because basically Brad just comes home here and says, well, Randy didn't come home from school and they're wondering where is he. Yes. Yes? How, have comments on that? <laughs> uh, let, no. let, let me fit one more thing in here uh, because I forgot about that. Uh, oh. when, when Wilson's introducing himself as Wilson Wilson and Tim goes, I'm Tim Tim Taylor. It's <laughs> just another cheap little joke there. But uh, middle section of the episode here. Where did we leave off again? I'm Tim Tim Taylor. I don't like to share my feelings with other guys. No, the beginning of the middle part. Oh, okay. Uh, Well, I guess when they woke up in the morning, the pancakes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought the pancakes scene was really cool because obviously 
they were playing it for jokes, but it actually turned out to be more about the weight of what they were doing instead of like making the joke. Like it could have been a cheesy joke about, oh, she can't cook, haha, but it was more about like if you do something special on like a Tuesday, <laughs> then you know, something's gonna be up mm-hmm. and they and they just casually just make it worse and worse. We'll go out for breakfast at the arcade and it just gets worse and then obviously you know you can kind of see all of the the gears spinning a little bit in all of their faces as they're doing it like you see tim trying to you know regain control of the scene you see uh you know randy slowly figuring out what's going on and you can see the mom trying to like damage control everything as she's dumping food down the drain (laughs) and then obviously like the transition, like, I think that was so cool as they made the transition from serious, like, funny joke, ah, the food, to, like, so you may have these things. And and then they keep the humor in, in with Tim saying, just a small thing, you know, small this. <laughs> and I love that. I thought that was so funny. And, like, I realized he was making the joke as he was going along, but it didn't land until he said, very small doctor. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was just so funny. I... I think I lost it at that part because I was just too good. Uh, and then it gets back to serious as Randy's like, I just got to go to history. And he just walks out the door, not eating breakfast, not not doing anything, just kind of leaving. Uh, Maybe that's why he has a goiter. Maybe if he ate breakfast, he wouldn't get these goiters. Uh, it's not a goiter. It's hypothyroidism. Oh, okay. Maybe if he ate breakfast, he wouldn't have hypothyroidism. No, only small pills. <laughs> Very small breakfast. It's only a small breakfast. Uh, but then the the Wilson stuff kind of took a real backseat. I felt like it was a little, almost a little out of place. But obviously, it's meant there to like show the weight of like this eating at everyone that Randy could be like terminally sick uh, with the cancer and stuff. So you know, the mom like oh reminiscing like I didn't sleep last night and the, the last time I didn't sleep was and then the Wilson thing. I thought that was fine. Um, so I feel like hard to believe that they only met. That, that was the first time they met, but I'll go with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously it's the classic, you know, Wilson, like, has this mystical sage thing that he's done, and, like, it works, and it's just crazy. It just, it was a great scene. I think it was a little out of place, but I still obviously appreciate that they have to include stuff like that, and Wilson's a staple of the show, so. Mm-hmm. And I love the stuff that they went with Al and the milk stuff, like the milkman like as soon as Tim tells him the story like yeah having an affair with the milk band like I knew the second he was going to say something about having a milk band or like he would fall for it and I'm like <laughs> even I know that out of this time a milk man is out of date like it was just great and then obviously it reoccurs it's like the most recurring like thing of the episode outside of the cancer is him constantly trying to figure out whether or not the milk man is ruining their marriage it's just such a fun joke but it's true to character like al's that very like you know heavy romantic and like cares about other people's feelings and relationships so he obviously is so concerned but it's just ruining because he keeps calling the house (laughs) and they're waiting for a phone call it's just the way that they did it was good he could have come over and talked to them but they like did it in a way that was smart like to foil the episode like he was phone calling them when they wanted a phone call and so it just Really well done. Uh, now we get to, I guess, the big part of the episode, which, aside from being 
probably some of the best acting Tim Allen has ever had in his career, period. Arguably the greatest dramatic scene Jonathan Taylor Thomas has ever had to play. And again, keep in mind, he's like 14 years old when he's making 14, maybe 15 years old when he's doing this episode. And the entire context, what, what, what I think works so well with this is not just he thinks he has cancer, but they actually play the episode more about how he found out about this. You know, he's at the arcade. Tim eventually finds him. And Randy's, you know, basically saying like, you know, how could you not tell me this? And he's like, well, we didn't want to worry you. He says, well, instead I had to basically find it out at the computer at the library. You know, can you imagine what it was like for me sitting in a library by myself? And that's the episode, that's the part of the episode where it's like, it actually really like really was touching. It was because the thing is, is that I don't really necessarily relate to a lot of the stuff in this episode. You know, again, my kids are all very small. We haven't really had health scares with any of them. I mean, Casper split his head open like really bad and we had to wait in the emergency room for seven hours for them to stitch him up, which the, that'd be my rant about uh, the, the downfalls of free healthcare in Canada, having to wait seven hours for a kid with his skull visible. But uh, uh, Save it for the last I, episode. I almost want to. They didn't get into healthcare that much in that one. But, um, but anyways, uh, and I don't know if I would react the same way because I, I think it's just different type of personalities. I'm sure if, if I knew that any of, you know, the, the Casper or the, the twins, you know, were really sick with something, it, maybe I would have to take off work. Maybe I would have to go to work. That's not the stuff I really related to. It was that moment where, you know, Tim was basically saying, you know, it, it's fine. You know, uh, we didn't want to worry you. And he says, well, I had to find this out by myself. And that's the part where I'm like, oh, that, that, that's a, that's the part that's like, that, that really gets me because, um, you know the twins are too young and they they cry because they're hungry so you don't really sympathize with them in any way it's not like oh poor baby you know casper's interesting he's three years old and we're often frustrated with him because like nothing bothers him you can't punish him in any way you can't send him to his room you can't make him sit there in a corner there is nothing you can do that bothers him and sometimes i wish i'm not saying we you know let's spank our kid but i'm saying if we even were to spank Casper, it would never work. I've told this to other people because he finds pain funny. <laughs> um, he will trip down the stairs and you will see him limping across the living room. So clearly in pain and he's giggling to himself at the pain. Like he's a masochist or something or he's just impervious to pain. I don't know. But every once in a while when Casper hits his head or something like that and you see that he's in pain, that's where I'm like, oh, I feel really bad for him. So maybe this is just something that changes now when I'm older, but like, that's the part, I think even as a kid, that's the part where I really feel bad. Cause I imagine what if I was, that was me. What if I had to find out I maybe had cancer by myself and there was nobody there. This entire scene is played with no laughs for an episode that always is given credit for this great balance of comedy, but they still have the one joke in here, uh, which perfectly illustrates my point of JTT and how he delivers the lines differently. Because if you imagine Mark or Brad in this scene and Tim, you know, the, Randy's basically saying, why does bad stuff always have to happen to me? And he, Tim's like, bad stuff happens to people all the time. Like, bad stuff happens to me all the time. Mark, even in a dramatic scene like this, Mark or Brad would have been like, yeah, but you cause it. Like, hey, isn't that funny? Randy actually is like, yeah, but you cause it. Like, he, he doesn't have any sympathy for him. And that's that perfect, you know, comic instinct of it's funny because I'm being serious, not because I'm making a funny joke. Uh, and in the end, you know, he's basically saying, like, don't worry, we'll figure it out. It's going to be fine. And they go home and they're playing Scrabble to take their minds off of it. And this is where you're saying, like, where the, the, there's maybe one too many jokes. 
that's where I think like the scene actually really hit home because you don't get in a 22 minute episode all the waiting. Like you had the scene where Jill was calling earlier on for the test results, and they said three or four more hours, and she goes, "Okay, I'll wait on hold." You know, like you get a moment like that, but to actually have to make the audience sit there and wait, that's why I think it was good to have these joke after joke after joke where Randy saying, when are they going to call? And then the phone rings and it's Al and Jill's like, Al, what, stop it already. Just never call here again. It's like, where did he get this idea about me and a milkman? And then you get the Scrabble thing after that as they're still waiting for the call. Uh, and I, I I really love, again, as cheap as the joke is, like it is something so perfect to Tim's character where he he's not a dumb guy, but he's just he doesn't get certain things like where Jill's spelling out lax, L-A-C-K-S, as in he lacks intelligence when it comes to Scrabble. And Tim's like, okay, E-X, X lax. And then Randy's basically saying, it's like, okay, Dad, that's a brand name. And second of all, you didn't even spell it right. And he goes, what, are you telling me there's no X? <laughs> I like those back-to-back jokes. I like that they drew it out a little bit. And then the phone call comes in. Randy doesn't have cancer. You can tell just from her reaction. They don't draw that out any further. And then she says, well, you do have the hyperthyroidism. You know, is, is that the pill or is that the goiter? And it's like, well, that's the pill. Uh, so you just have to take a pill every day so they're all happy. And Tim has a couple of lines on the end here where he's saying, like, I like that word goiter. It's like, we could have gotten you a goiter belt. Uh, that's like a tool time joke there. And they end with this really, uh, I don't know if you call it sad, but the sappy montage of all these clips of him as a baby and uh, him on previous seasons. They're playing the Wonderful World song. Uh, it ends with them watching him sleeping in his room, which, you know, another really nice moment. Like, it's, it's, it's just, it's a nice episode. For an episode that's dealing with such heavy subject matter, there really isn't one moment where it felt depressing or you felt like, oh, I don't want to be watching this, it's too uncomfortable. And it just ends in, like, this nice, uplifting way, which is just realistic. It's not like it's overly dramatic. They, they don't say, it's a goiter, it was nothing along. That would have cheapened the episode, I feel like. If don't worry it, it, it's nothing it's literally tigers eight yankees goiter it's nothing at all the fact that yeah there is something wrong with him in, in a way that actually made the episode better uh and the montage in the end it is what it is it's sappy but you know uh going back to what you said about this kind of being improvised if we're just gonna also group in there the the bloopers that we get on the end you know often you get these bloopers and it's just somebody flubbing a line here you get as he's basically finishing the scene with Wilson saying, hey, that stuff worked. And the baby he's holding keeps crying. So Tim just improvises, well, thanks a lot. You made it You made it worse. But he keeps playing the scene. So then you get, well, there probably is a lot of improv and home improvement where they'll play a scene completely differently. But, you know, overall, I think it was such a good end to the episode uh, in a large part because it wasn't like he was just completely healthy in the end. They're like, well, it's it's still a problem, but it's not the worst that it could have been. But that that one scene with Tim and Randy in the arcade, like like some of the strongest stuff this show has ever had. Yeah, I was gonna say that scene was just magical. I just thought it was so good. Like he doesn't come home for school, and the team's like, I know exactly where he is, and he goes to the arcade, and like just the the weight of the him saying, "You didn't want to tell me. We don't want to ruin or you know, uh, get you scared." Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, I was there at the library alone figuring it out kind of things. And just like you feel that weight so much. And then he says, "I'm like, he's like, I don't want to die. And like when he like falls into Tim's arms. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. Is this Tim is the actor name and character name? Actor and character, yeah. Just different last okay. name. <laughs> when he just falls into Tim's arms and you just feel it. Like 
I would say that would be the one scene that if you could pick one that was like maybe the most intense mm-hmm. out of the whole thing. You feel the obviously there's no comedy. You feel the intensity of what's going on. It feels very real. Like they, they don't pull any punches or anything like that. And it just feels so raw. And it was just so well done by Randy. I thought uh, by JTT, I mean, like it was just so well done and everything. And I thought that it was just brilliant. And then even the joke that they threw in there wasn't even a joke because it was, it was kind of coming out in a moment of anger and a moment of like panic that it didn't even really land in the way that maybe they was hoping or, or what, I don't know how they were expecting, but it just, it, it made it like a part of the scene that was really interesting to watch. Um, and then obviously at the end when they're waiting, playing Scrabble, I thought that that, that was emotionally like strong too. I said maybe there were a few too many jokes back to back, but I think it was still a way to like play out the waiting game that you were saying. Uh, and they do, I do like what you were saying is that they don't like kind of soften the ending by just being like, Oh, it was nothing mm-hmm. like joke. haha. Like let's go eat ice cream or something. Like it was like still like a serious medical issue. Like we got to take care of this. And I think the one thing, thing about it that made it really impactful for me about like not stripping away the joke or the seriousness of it was when Jill's like I'll come up later mm-hmm. like I'll be right there I'm gonna clean up and she just sat on the bed and just was like thinking to herself like mm-hmm. and you could see her like going through like it's not cancer like like just the relief on that and like the kind of that moment like still being raw and emotional like it really felt like I felt something with that and obviously she's waiting at his bedside later on at night when he's sleeping. And, like, you still feel the weight of, like, he's he's still there. He's still fine. Like, uh, like it was just so good. Like, better than I, like, initially remembered. Like, it was just so good. Are we going to buy it, rent it, or bin it? I feel like this is an easy answer. Is that a but... question? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because you said <laughs> – well, you said last week that you can't really envision yourself – um, buying a contemporary sitcom, but like his home improvement is it because it's a classic show and you felt those were different? Like, what do you think is the separation of Last Man Standing? I don't think that we could ever really get a buy out of this, and Home Improvement. This is a buy. I just think there's a difference. I feel like a lot of the current sitcoms, like you know, you've got Modern Family. Uh, you've got Last Man Standing. You've got all these kind of like ABC shows that just mm-hmm. feel very forced a little bit. Like they just feel very like manipulated by we're going to get as many laughs as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and that even goes for the same because I was a, a huge fan of the original Will and Grace series. And then I watched the reboot and it just felt different. Like mm-hmm. it's something that we do with modern like comedies nowadays that just feel so like, robotic in a way mm-hmm. um, I, I mean I talked about like praising the moments that felt different outside of the comedy realm that we were getting like with the, the, the adult jokes and stuff like that I felt like that was a step outside of the box and I mm-hmm. felt like that's something we didn't really don't get nowadays where I felt like we were getting it with this like this is a very outside of the comfort zone for the show but it did it so well mm-hmm. and I, so I can't fault an episode that does something like this if this was done in like a current show, I'm sure I would get it. I mean, I haven't seen every episode of every sitcom it made in the last ten years, but it's something like this. I feel like you can't replicate right now, mm-hmm. unless you were doing a drama 
show. Like you get this in drama shows all the time, like Breaking Bad or what you know, all this stuff. Like you get it. I think the other part is that it's like classic sitcoms are simpler. Like when we did the Golden Girls, that's another perfect example. It was very edgy for its time. It's still something that, like, if you had a show like that come out today and there had never been an original Golden Girls, people would say, like, well, that's a revolutionary idea. But it's such a simple premise that when you get something really good out of it like this, you're not expecting it. Uh, and I think that's why an episode like this works better than if a modern show had done it because all modern shows are always trying to go for this extreme, you know? And use the example of Modern Family. I mean, I don't really have a problem with Modern Family, but when I have tried to watch it, it just feels like every character is out of 10, you know? And every modern sitcom is trying so hard to just, these are the really outrageous characters and the really outrageous scenarios, but they want to present it as being more realistic. But there's something just a lot simpler about classic shows like this, where you can relate to it a little bit more. And nobody's trying so hard. I mean, you you get to know the characters better because the actors are good and the characters are good. So, I mean, this is an easy buy. Um, Like you said, it's not even really a question. This is a buy. I agree. Good. I wanted a confirmation. <laughs> no, you're going to give me one. I am going to buy it with a side of silver dollar pancakes. <laughs> I mean, I would love to buy uh, pancakes too. Over oh. the... Jamie, how are those pancakes coming? She's ignoring me. Uh, so we're about to get into October. Um, and... I guess we have to make a decision here. We have our entire month planned out as we've done. I guess this will be the third year in a row, kind of a Halloween-themed random rewatch month. Uh, we've got two TV shows and two movies. Uh, the the TV-, TV shows you've been waiting for for a long time. Yeah, exactly. The TV shows we're waiting on. My question is, for Rossi, what do you want to do first? <coughs> do you want to do the TV shows or the movies? I feel like let's end this suspense on these TV shows. I've been on... Yes. Like... I haven't seen either of these episodes or, like, the shows yet. Like, I've got to get it done. Like, I just – it's been too long. Okay. So um, when we go back to, I think it was April or May, when we were doing our last batch of random rewatches before we came back for JTT Month, we teased we were going to be doing The Twilight Zone. Uh, I guess both episodes, both the Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, which was from the original 1960s series, and then the remake one that had Adam Scott in it instead of William Shatner, Nightmare at 30,000 Feet from the new series. Um, now I love the original Twilight Zone series. It seems like it's the perfect thing to fit into October. We finally can get around to this. Um, I watched most of the new Twilight Zone series and absolutely hated it. And I don't seem to be alone. Uh, it seems like this is one of those shows that like everybody who watched it was just like, wow, this is like beyond bad, uh, which is crazy. Cause you got Jordan Peele, who's an Oscar nominated director, you know, behind the show. Uh, but they did a remake of <coughs> this most famous episode, The Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, uh, called Nightmare at 30,000 Feet. So we're going to do that for the next two weeks, and then we'll move on to Rossi's movie um, suggestions for the end of Random Rewatch October. But first up will be season five, episode number three <laughs> of the original Twilight Zone series. This is one of the most famous TV episodes of all time. It's something that even if you've never seen the episode, you probably are familiar with because it's been parodied a million times and talked about a million times. This is one where William Shatner, pre-Star Trek fame, uh, is on an airplane and he sees this creature on the wing of a, an airplane that's destroying the airplane. He's trying to tell everybody, but nobody else can see it. And it's like, is he crazy? They did a Twilight Zone movie in the 80s, like a big screen adaptation with a couple of segments in there. This was like the climax of the movie. 
Uh, and obviously, when the new series came on, they had to do some type of update, which we'll get to the week after that. But this is something even the Simpsons parodied, where Bart was on the bus, and there was you know, a creature tearing apart the bus in one of the Halloween episodes. Uh, but that'll be next week. Twilight Zone, the 1960s series, the only good one. Uh, season 5, Episode 2, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Rossi, are you ready for Twilight Zone? I am finally excited to get to it. it it's 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 going to be fun, at least the first one. I have had Nightmare at 30,000 Feet on my PVR for the last, I don't know, five, six months since it originally aired. Uh, because I'm like, well, I know we're eventually going to cover these episodes, but I still haven't even seen that one. But I know that the first one's going to be good. So we'll be back for that. Make sure to like a, like a, like, a, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify. In- subscribe to us on Instagram. Uh, give us some more JTT likes. We're getting a lot of attention on Instagram for these JTT episodes. There's a, I think people out there actually who, listen though. Yeah, try to listen to the episodes. Um, there's a lot of people who are, you know, obviously wanting to find JTT online, and they just come to our posts instead because JTT doesn't exist online. Uh, and we, we will, start of course, just posting shirtless pics of him on the Instagram. Yeah. And see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know what? Maybe we'll find that. Maybe we'll be. Uh, I, I thought we'll do that for the Smallville episode. <laughs> if we could find the, just see what the reactions would have been for the Smallville one without the shirt. Um, I'm severely disappointed in the last two episodes we covered on Random Rewatch, not including a shirtless JTT moment. Yeah, not as appropriate when you're a thirty-something-year-old man or a fifteen-year-old boy, I guess. Hey, it's JTT. I think when, anyone would have. When we bring him back for um, uh, the, I'll be home for Christmas in December. We'll see. I know. I know that episode. His his change in wardrobe became a big focal point of the the movie. So we will have more JTT later on. We can never end JTT month. We'll have to bring this back next year or something. Anyway, whole... we'll just yeah JTT Oz as we said before. Oh yes. My name is Colin, and <gasps> I forgot I had to do this. <laughs> what am I doing? The grunt. Yeah. <gasps> My name is... <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.